Hey, listen, I'm Jeffrey Morse. I'm back here today with Nathan Wagner. Hey, listen, what's up? And Rob Douglas. Hey, listen, what's happening? And welcome to our first ever episode three, part two. And we are going to be dedicating this uh, next segment of our show to primarily what we are playing this week. Uh, I know, Rob, you've been out of town this week, so you can just chat whatever you were, were playing before you went out of town. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, and, uh, absolutely. Jeff, you were uh, you went on vacation about a week ago, and uh, you went somewhere pretty cool, right? This is true. This is what we are also going to be talking about right now. Um, I got to go to New York City for the first time uh, this last week. And right when we checked into our hotel, uh, the first place that we went to was point four miles away from our hotel, uh, just about a 10-minute walk or so, uh, was Nintendo World in New York City. And this is a place that I believe opened around the middle of the Wii era, I think, like 2007, 2008. Does that sound right, Nathan? Uh, yeah, 2006, 2007, somewhere around there. Yeah, somewhere around um, there. I'm not sure exactly. Um, but I, I remember I was really um even bigger into nintendo back then so i was really excited i read about nintendo power and they had this all these articles and pictures i thought it just looked like the coolest place ever so i've been wanting to go for what about 10 years now and finally got to go and right when you first walk in it's awesome you see just it's like a glass white building looks very nintendo-esque it looks like their headquarters here in redmond and there's a giant gold Mario statue right in the beginning, which is a <laughs> cool way to kind of greet you into the store. And you walk in, the first two things that you see are these two glass display cases. And one of them is a um, like framed uh, art photo or picture that Shigeru Miyamoto drew. And because they just. Wow, yeah, I didn't they, know that. Wow. They just renovated the uh, New York store, actually, um, in February. They closed for a couple months, I think in December or something, and reopened in the end of February. And so he was there for kind of the reopening launch party that they had. So he drew this really cool picture of Mario and stuff and signed his autograph. So that was kind of cool to see. And then also right next to it was a glass display case, which Nathan freaked out when I sent him this picture of the Master Sword from The Legend of Zelda. Uh. Looks oh, wow. beautiful. Oh and, my gosh. I would like give anything to be able to like <laughs> have that thing in my house. Yeah, like, it was be behind awesome. glass. I assume if I would have like touched the glass, like I would have set off an alarm and been tackled by like Nintendo <laughs> yeah. security guards or something. Uh, but the cool thing about uh, this Master Sword, I've seen some like replica versions, you know, I like I saw some at like Comic Con and one of my friends had one. But this one was the coolest one I've ever seen. You could tell it was super sharp, like the point had actually uh, kind of scratched the bottom of the case that w- it was in. And it was actually the exact same sword that uh, Miyamoto had used back at the 2004, I believe it was, reveal of Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, where they showed the yeah. epic trailer oh, wow. with the crazy, like, Lord of the Rings music. And it said, you know, he walked out with a sword and the shield. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. just one of the best, like, kind of <laughs> Nintendo press conference moments, like, ever at E3. And he walks out after the trailer with the sword and shield and holds it up. And the crowd is just going bananas. And so it was really cool kind of seeing that part of Nintendo history that I remember seeing, like, a long time ago. Um, so that was definitely really, really cool. But um, pretty much everything in the store was just really cool merchandise that you can't really get anywhere else which is cool i mean a lot of the plushies and other stuff you know you could probably get in japan and stuff but they had a lot of like br- branding stuff of just like nintendo world new york city 
t-shirts. Um, the interesting thing I thought, I was thinking about the different brands and IPs that they had represented there, was probably a good 30% at least was of Mario, which is understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Especially with like the stuffed animals. They had like every plushy stuffed animal of every Mario character you can imagine from all the Koopa kids to Goombas and Paragoombas, Koopas. There was even a Wario one that looked really ugly and disgusting, but he looked hilarious. <laughs> um, <laughs> of course. And then upstairs, there was probably a good 15, 20% uh, of all Zelda. So tons of Zelda shirts, board games, slippers, mugs, everything. Um, and then probably another good 30% of Pokemon, uh, which is obviously understandable as well. It's a global phenomenon. Yeah. Tons of the, tons of the <laughs> like, Pokemon branding. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Yeah, but um, it was interesting. So that's what, 30, 60, 80? So the, the remaining 20% of the store stuff was split between kind of the not quite as popular Nintendo IP. So there was... Um, a little section of Animal Crossing stuff. They had some funny shirts with stuffed animals. They had a few Metroid shirts. They had really cool Star Fox Metroid section. Metroid still lives. Yeah, Met- Metroid's alive. Nintendo is saying it is alive. They didn't have a ton, but they had, I think, two hoodies and two different shirts and a lanyard or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, and oh, then, something. Yeah, that's something. Uh, and then they had a couple different Star Fox stuff for the new Star Fox game. Um, which was cool. I ended up getting one of the sweaters for Star Fox Zero because I'm a huge Star Fox fan. And they actually had the glass display case featuring the the Nintendo like Muppets that they used um, back when they unveiled kind of the full unveiling of Star Fox at last year's yeah, E3, last year E3, which was really cool because there was like so the Falco, cool. the Peppy. They even had the Miyamoto one, had a little museum there, which was super cool to kind of see that. And I was talking to one of the employees and he's like, yeah, like when we first got these in, like – they had this big, like, unmarked van and, like, all these people in, like, black suits and they had all these giant boxes that were, like, locked 40 <laughs> times. And, what? Yeah, they're like, yeah, it was weird. It was like it was like the secret service, like, delivering the secret Nintendo Muppets or something. <laughs> so I thought that, that was... not surprise me at Yeah, that, that was a pretty cool story. There's more security for our video games than there are for our president. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they actually got them, like, especially made by the Jim Henson Company. So they, they definitely went all in oh, for wow. that the puppets but yeah then other than that there was just you know they had all the the nintendo games there for you to buy they had tons of demo units had a 30-foot wall that was new that you could play star fox on that like a little uh, game boy and console museum with all the different systems and they even had a few pikmin things they had a pikmin shirt that i was tempted to buy but the one thing they didn't have was zero f-zero branding which leads (laughs) me to believe it's like that there, yeah, Nintendo is officially saying F Zero is gone. We're not going to do anything. We'll we'll tribute it every once in a while, like in Mario Kart DLC, put them in Smash Bros and stuff. But you know, uh, I forgot to mention Kirby was there, Donkey Kong was there, every other Nintendo IP, Splatoon, even the newer ones, so, tons of Mario Maker stuff. Zero of Metro or zero of F Zero though. So that that made me yeah. sad being a huge F Zero fan. To make you not to pour on, but uh, that means that the last like F Zero any kind of game was the F Zero like one of the mini games in Nintendo Land where uh. you go around <laughs> the track. And, and it was like really the worst slow. mini game too, like on Nintendo. Yeah, it was terrible. It was no, terrible. you never played that one. Yeah, um, but you know, I bought bought my Captain Falcon Amiibo, and that thing sold out all over the 
the country. I've never seen one on the store shelves. It's so popular. So yeah, maybe that and some other things will help uh, Nintendo realize they need to make a new one for their new system. Which I believe could still happen. It could still could happen. But keep the dream alive. Keep the dream alive. But yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, never uh, above revisiting it. Well, we'll see. I, I remember reading a, some interviews with Miyamoto saying, like, yeah, you know, we couldn't really think of any new things to add in F Zero anymore. Like, we didn't want to just you know put new graphics and like new online and just call it good. Mm-hmm. We want to really think of a really awesome new idea. I'm like. You don't need to worry about that. The last one was over 10 years ago. Like, we're ready for a new F-Zero. We don't need a new idea. Just give us, you know, uh, a new F-Zero. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It is classic Nintendo. But, anyways, if you wanted to uh, see more, ask any questions, feel free to uh, hit us up on Twitter at HeyListen underscore games. I can uh, post some photos on there. And I, I think I already have some photos on my Twitter account, which is at the Jeffrey Morse. Uh, but let's go ahead and move into our next segment. Uh, which is what we're playing this week. Um, Nathan, you want to start us off? Sure, yeah. Um, I have been kind of jumping around, as I tend to do, but um, actually, after seeing the God of War, the new God of War reveal um, at E3 a couple weeks ago, um, it made me kind of want to go back to that series. So I've never played God nice. of War 3, so I started that, um, and just I was play- I'm playing it on my PS3, and it still looks amazing, even though that game came out, what, yeah, like I was six, very, seven years six, ago now? Seven years ago, yeah. Very impressed it's, with it's that. It's been a while, and the opening kind of, like, there's, like, no tutorial. It just kind of, like, throws you in in the middle of a big set piece and stuff like that. Um, Classic God of War. <laughs> trying to scale Zeus, and it's, uh, I'm enjoying it. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's a little bit harder than I, um, uh, than I thought it would be um, <laughs> the medium level and I kind of died a lot so which is I guess normal but yeah I've been really enjoying that so I jump back jump into that for the first time um, kind of prepping for whenever the new God of War releases um, and besides that just playing some multiplayer uh, Overwatch um, which we'll talk about a little bit and then I've been playing Iron Banner has been going on in Destiny this week so I've played nice. a couple um, some Iron Banner Get any sweet up. loot? Uh, I haven't gotten anything too great yet um they have, I believe it's the machine gun this week is one of the machine ones you can dropping. win. And then, yeah, gotcha. that's dropping. And I forget what else, but I haven't gotten anything nice. yet. So I'll probably play some more. I did, nice. not, did not get into the Iron Banner this week for Destiny. It's been the first time in a while. I haven't got to play it with getting back from vacation and stuff and leaving again yeah. tomorrow. Um, but that's funny. You've been playing God of War 3. Um, I started playing God of War 1 because I'm about halfway through that one. Um, I started playing it. Two days ago, I think it was, and I got played for about an hour. Then I got to this part, which was confusing, and I got a little frustrated. I'm like, <laughs> "All right, I'm done." It does yeah. not play as well as uh, the third one does. I think the first one was PS2 game the in like 2002 or something. Yeah, yeah it was a long time ago, a while yeah. ago now. So, but I'm hoping to play, finish that one, and beat the second one, which I haven't played before the new one comes out. But yeah, yeah. Um, I got into Overwatch ranked. Uh, competitive mode which came out uh, two days ago which is cool oh, yeah. um, pretty much you play 10 placement matches and it gives you a rank from 1 to 100 and then every match you lose or win it kind of ranks you up or down uh, very incrementally so I think I was like 48 after my placement match and when I won I bumped up to 50 and so you just slowly kind of move up or down based on your skill which I think is cool and it matches you up with other people of your skill level and you can use competitive points that you get to get gold weapons and stuff even though 
they are ridiculously expensive, and I don't think I'll ever be able to <laughs> play enough to actually get one. It <laughs> still seems cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, Rob, what about you? Where were you playing before you uh, head out of town? Yeah, I was at camp all week, so I didn't really play a lot this week. But before I left, I was continuing my, um, I'm going to say, spelunking into Fallout 3 in the world of Hesadia. Nice. And just trying to um, sort through the apocalypse. And... So, Rob, have you played Fallout 3 before? Like, is this kind of your first time going through it? This is, is, it this is my first through? time going through it. Like, I'm, okay. I know a lot about the Fallout world simply because, I mean, it just pops up everywhere you go. It's hard to go anywhere <laughs> without hearing something about either Elder Scrolls or Fallout. Yes, yeah. that is true. Both Bethesda and, games. And I, I was, I have the first, the Fallout 1 and 2 and Tactics and... I was just kind of looking at them and going, you know, the isometric style of the original ones is a little offsetting, but I figured I'd just jump right into the first 3D one, you know, Fallout 3, and running through that one and exploring that world, kind of because I'd seen a lot of demos about Fallout 4. Are you liking I've been it? Watching it? I'm loving Fallout 4. Watching some of the demos and watching some of the live plays, it looks incredible. The characters are amazing. The gameplay is it's that similar Fallout 3, Fallout Vegas style, but a little bit updated VAT system. Things move a little faster when you're in the VATs, which is where you slow down time and you can precisely aim at things. And in all the other games, everything freezes. And in Fallout 4, the things continue to move. So if you theoretically went into VATs, you can't just sit there and wait for time and space to end a little more uh do you like that like slower like rpg more um like kind of rpg system in fallout 3 because i've heard some people almost. who turn based um, yeah, didn't like it as much in fallout 4 because it was more like action heavy and stuff like that i think there's a balance um obviously if you're going to be playing fallout you you're expecting that type of gameplay you're expecting an rpg um but I mean, I love my first-person shooters. I, I do enjoy playing first-person shooters and getting to run around and kind of like, you know, Uncharted even, like the, the third-person shooters and those sort of things. And Fallout 3 has a lot of those aspects because you don't you can go through the game without ever using the RPG-type VATS ever. You never actually have to use it. Yeah. And same with Fallout 4, but... All right. You can... Yeah. Cool. Well, that's nice. good you're doing very that. Cool. I, I picked it up a few years ago. Didn't get very far. Maybe uh, I'll pick it up again sometime this summer. Give it another shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyways. Uh, the world. Yep. Thanks for joining us. We hope to be back tomorrow or next week, Tuesday at 7 o'clock. See ya.